week of Behind the Lens. I'm Debbie Elias, film critic, creator, and host of Behind the Lens, where we go behind the lens and below the line with the movers and shakers, the film and TV makers, the writers, directors, producers, actors, cinematographers, costume designers, production designers, composers, editors, sound mixers, sound editors, and more. We talk with them all. And this week we'll be talking with two actors, but we'll get to them in just a minute. If you've tuned into the show right now on the AdrenalineRadio.com Facebook live stream today, you'll notice I'm not at my usual Monday morning place in the studio. And that's because today is the long-awaited and delayed Hollywood Critics Association 5th Annual Film Awards, Awards, which you will be able to watch live later today on the Hollywood Critics Association YouTube channel complete with red carpet celebrity arrivals, along with the full award show. And we've got a lot of celebrities showing up for our fifth annual awards. Very exciting. We'll be bestowing honors upon Guillermo del Toro, Kenneth Branagh, guaranteed to appear already, Ron Perlman, Lin-Manuel Miranda, and so many more. Um, I'm actually looking forward to it, and I'm not a big awards person, not a big awards show person, but so very anxious, and I am going to be there, which is why I can't be here, Uh, and yes, together with my longtime colleague, Rick Bentley, I will be presenting the award for Best Visual Effects, and we've got great nominees after a year that has some really incredible visual effects displayed for us. But enough of my HCA plug for today, uh, and on to today's Behind the Lens show. Today we're going to talk with two very different actors about two very different films, Olga Kalashnikova and Ben Milliken. First up, take a listen to my exclusive pre-recorded interview with actor Ben Milliken. You probably know him best for his work on Bosch, But we're going to be talking now about his brand new film, Run and Gun. Written and directed by Chris Borelli, Run and Gun, which I still think should be called Run and Gun and Fun, stars Milliken along with Richard Kind, Brad William Henke, Mark Dacascos, and so many more. Ben plays our protagonist, Ray, a guy with a checkered criminal past who's turned his life around, but has to take a step back into his old ways to protect his new life and family. Uh, when he is blackmailed. Assassins, double-crossing twists and turns, scorpions, anime action figures, action, and lots of laughs 
make run and gun an entertaining feast. I have so I had so much fun watching this film, and I think you will too. It's available everywhere uh, digitally right now. But first, take a listen to my interview with Ben Milliken talking run and gun. Hi, Debbie. How are you doing? I am fine. How are you doing? Fantastic. This is one fun movie that you've got. Isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Run it, it should be run and gun and fun. <laughs> is what you run should call it. I know that with the trailer, everything is promoting the action, but this is so much more than quote unquote an action movie. There's a quirkiness and absurdity and eccentricity that Chris Borelli just has developed so well in the characters and in the directorial execution of the, of the story that just... I was, was roaring. I almost fell off my chair when we've got Richard Kind's character of Grayson. He starts talking about the Mandela effect. And that just comes out of nowhere. And I know a lot of people don't realize what it is, but did you, I... Did you, did you know what it was? I knew exactly what it was because there was... At, I, I've known for years what it was, but last year I actually had a filmmaker on who did a film, a narrative film called The Mandela Effect. And and the the most popular things identified with the Mandela effect is Mandela's actually actual death while in prison, but not there. The whole Darth Vader line and so many other things. So when this was brought in, I wasn't that surprised that Chris would be the one to bring it into a film. Yeah. But that right that just took us to another whole level. And then I started, after I read the script, I started Googling all this stuff. I was like, wait a second, what? My mind was blown. Incorporating that whole thing with the genie movie, with Sinbad, and the obsession. These are the things that build. And, yeah. you know, we've got a stand, we've got standoffs between you and Mark uh, DeCosco's character, Brando, who has his little figurines, his little action, anime action figurines, and yeah. you're dealing in Roadrunner, Wiley Coyote world, and just everything about this, Ben, is fabulous. It is a really, really wonderful project. I'm, I'm very, very proud of this movie. It is, it is everybody involved just, oh my gosh, it's just, I can't, I can't, begin to tell you how wonderful process this was with everybody involved in this film. Well, and your character of Ray is so interesting. The journey that Ray, that Ray takes. So I'm very yeah. curious, how the, did the script come to you? Did you work with Chris in the development of, of the script, this character? Because you are an EP on this. But I'm curious yeah. how it came to you and developing this character of Ray, because we really go on a journey with Ray, who stays a very likable guy this entire film. Yeah, so the, excuse me, um, the, the script came about, uh, it came to me um, through a, a friend of mine, a producer that 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we became fast friends during that movie. And um, I was talking to him one day, months after the filming of that film, and uh, I, I said to him, you know, I really want to do something, a really cool action thriller. And he said, yeah, you should meet my friend Chris Borelli. And so we all, we all, we all met over the phone and um, started talking. And he said, well, I have this idea for this script and I want to direct it. And, and it's about this guy. And I, I said, I, I would love to read it when you're done. And so he wrote the script, came back and sent it to me. I was like, I am in. Let us, let's go make this movie. So the three of us, we got together, we teamed up. And um, then we, we went off and made it. And it happened so fast. And literally, months later, we were shooting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. One of the things that I really love in the way this is the story is constructed, and it's the whole idea of the Mandela effect, that everything is not what you think it is. And that's exactly what this story is. And that's exactly what Ray's story is. And no, nobody is who you think they are. And there's the truth is there somewhere, but it's getting to it is where all the fun comes in. And a lot of bumps guess, and bruises. I guess that's what, what it's like with people in general, right? Yeah. But this is actually, for you, a very physically demanding role. Is that something that you look forward to in a role? Because you do have a very <clears throat> athletic background, shall we say? Yeah, I absolutely love it. It's, I gotta tell you, it was, it was the most fun that I've ever had on a film set in my entire life. I mean, um, I got to do a lot of my own stunts and that it was cool, I gotta tell you. Uh, it was, there, there wasn't a day I didn't come home with a brand new bruise somewhere, <laughs> but, but it was, every single one of them was worth it because it, it, it was just, it brought me so much joy, it was so much fun. How challenging was it, because you shot this down in the Salton Sea community. We actually shot in two, in two places. We shot 18 days in New Mexico, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh -huh. and we shot, um, Neither one has very friendly climates when you're doing all kinds of action and running and you're under the grueling hot sun, which so much of this film is exteriors. Well, I gotta tell you, in, when we were filming in New Mexico, it looked warm, but it was absolutely not warm. We, <laughs> we shot it in March and it was freezing. It was so cold. <laughs> and then when, when we were shooting the salt and sea portion, it was exactly the opposite. It was like 115 degrees. Oh my God! But, uh, yeah, but I, I prefer actually I prefer the uh, 115 degrees over the over the you know over the cold. Give me 100 degrees every day forever, and <laughs> I'm the happiest guy in the world. <laughs> as long as you have a shack to go hide in with a scorpion. Uh, exactly. As long as, you know, you want to know the scorpion's name? That scorpion's name was Mrs. Cor. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I did notice on the credits, I see Scorpion Wrangler, and I'm like, oh, God. But yeah. I knew... It was, a, it was a whole thing. 
Oh my God. How do you even prepare for a role like this? You're fresh coming off of, of Bosch, you know, TV series. And while many of the elements are the same, when you go from a TV series that has a lot more money than uh, these independent films do, and you've got more luxury of time than these independent films do, for something that has as many twists and turns as run and gun, and Ray is involved in all of them, how yes. do you yourself prepare to jump full bore into production and a role like this? Well, I think it doesn't really matter on um, the budget or all of those qualities. At the end of the day, what it comes down to is it's, it's, it's the character and who is this guy. And so I approach, doesn't matter the size of the project, I approach each one the same. It's in, at the bottom line, who is this person? And what is he, what is the purpose of him in this story throughout the course of this film? And, you know, I looked at it and I really, really drilled down with some, with some help with my acting coach, Tom Draper, who's an absolute genius. And we really just drilled down and, uh, and got to the bottom of it. And it's just, it was just, this is just a guy who has a past. We all have a past. We all have things in our past that we, you know, we've all made mistakes. We all have things in our past that we regret. But this is just a guy who's trying to do the right thing now. Tried to turn his life around, and he's now trying to do the right thing for himself and for his family. And so once you really, really hone in and make it that simple, the rest of the stuff just gets laid on top. And so that's what it was for me. It's just simply... This is about a guy who's trying to do the right thing. Now, did you have the luxury of uh, much rehearsal time with this one, especially when we get down to the third act, the big climactic sequences with Brad William Henke and yourself going in and out? Because that's very intricately shot, yeah. which, which I found really interesting because I know Christopher wrote da Scott Eastwood's film Dangerous intricately like that, but he yeah. didn't direct it. Here he's writing and directing. So yeah. I, I just, that had to be a challenge. It was, I mean, Chris did a fantastic job. I mean, he knew that one of the beauties of having a writer-director is they know this thing inside out. Mm -hmm. so, and, and Chris did. He knew this movie inside out. And so, you know, it was... Um, it was it was a really great process to to go on this journey all together, and um, you know we didn't have because we we shot this movie in twenty one days, so we didn't have the luxury of being able to take two weeks and rehearse it and all of that sort of stuff. But that is the beauty of working with such talented professional people like Brad Hankey is. Uh, he's one of the best actors that I've worked with. Um, he's, he's absolutely brilliant. And the chemistry that we had, you know, through our conversations, we would be Zooming every night on, on FaceTime, running our scenes together and, and, you know, going through the process. And the chemistry we had together, we just started bouncing off each other, and it was really organic. 
And so that was a luxury that we had that was the people that we had were so good and so open and willing to just dive right in that, mm-hmm. that you know, that was that's all part of the rehearsal process too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watching the two of you, you have a really great chemistry, even though you're on opposite sides of the fence, but there are a few yeah. moments where we see the two where we see Billings and Ray bonding. Well, it's the, here's the kind of like thing I was, and we were talking about this during the shooting. It's like in another world, in another life, you know, they could have been friends. Yeah. Yeah. There's this, this like there's these moments of connection between the two of them. You know, Ray's doing one thing, Billings is doing another thing, and and some of those things are you know very not good. What? But. but there's on a human level, you know, there's 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 parts of these two characters that that they have some things in common, like they act like that. I didn't see you as an anime guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like in those moments, it's kind of like, oh, you guys, <laughs> and so you know, but they they're they're just two they're two guys that cho- chose two very different paths. And, um, yeah. As this film translated from Ray on the page to Ray on the screen and and his adventure, you know, was there anything that surprised you about this film, about Ray, once you started shooting? Um, it wasn't once I started shooting, but it was, it was as we were getting into really developing this character of Ray, um, I really wanted to find the, the humanity in this guy because, you know, we see a lot of the, the funny action hero, we see a lot of the stoic action hero, but the whole human element of this, of this guy being, he's just a guy, and he has all of these internal struggles, and he has all of these emotions, and he has all of these you know, he, he loves his family. He, there, there's people around him that he absolutely adores. And, you know, he's going through this journey and they're the most important thing to him. So it, it was really finding that that element of, of, of humanity for him that was really important to me and the vulnerability as well. That, and that's key with your performance here, Ben, because you do, you bring great vulnerability to Ray and the constant, I just want to go home. Yeah, and that, that was it. It's just, he just wanted to go home. And, and you just see that and you kind of just go, oh, poor Ray, he, he's trying so hard. Yeah, yeah, he's trying so hard. And nobody will let him just live a nice, comfortable family life or go home. And Ray is a very endearing character, Ben. Thank you, thank you. He really is. I really appreciate hearing that. So now, after a role like Ray, what has this done? How has this informed you as an actor, as a storyteller? Even as as a producer helping develop projects, 
How has this informed you in what you will now look for in projects? Um, that is a really good question. Um, it's really informed me on how to bring as much humanity to each character and each story as possible. Um, because I think having characters that people can watch and relate to, I know that this was my experience as a kid growing up loving movies, having characters on the screen that, that you can really relate to and not feel like you're alone in the world. Mm -hmm. And um, see there's someone else that, that's, that's, that's like me going through something. You know, and this, and this is, that's one of the most important things I think is, as far as storytelling is concerned. Um, that I think storytelling should be, storytelling and movies should be one of the most inclusive, creative mediums out there. Because there are so many people in the world and so many different people in the world and each of them have a story and each of them are looking for like people are looking for stories that they can relate to so that was one of the biggest take-homes for me is it's it's looking for looking for looking for human stories that people can really connect to well you definitely have delivered that with run and gun Will we see you step behind the camera as a director at some point? Because I know you've I done mean, a short. I've done it before, and um, and and you know, I'm. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely really, really wanting to explore that, and uh, I think that could be that could be something that would be a really, really good next step for me potentially. Yeah, because just seeing what you put into performances, be it your television performances, be it in something like Mighty Oak or Blue Crush, I just think that you have a lot to give from a directorial point of view to help bring these Thanks. stories to life. Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate hearing that. Thank you. You know, Ben, I, again, this is, it's run and gun and fun. Bottom line, that's it. Fun. That's it. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me today about it. Thank you so, so much. This was, this was fun. And I hope I get to talk to you again in the future. Yes, absolutely. So let's lock it in. Well, get to work then. Get to work. All righty. Thanks so much. And now we're going to switch gears a little bit and take a little trip to Hawaii. We go from the Salton Sea and the deserts of New Mexico with Ben to Hawaii with Olga Kalashnikova, uh, who's, who's joining me talking about her new film, Angel by Thursday. I just spoke with Olga on, what day did I talk to her? On Friday, uh, before today's show, uh, to get the intel on this film. This is a real step up for Olga as an actor. Um, she's had some small little short roles in films before, a couple shorts, um, but now she's one of the two main leads who carry this story. 
And it's written and directed by Jeff Wallace, who actually, after seeing Olga and her theater group acting partner, Ken Matepi, they showed up to audition for this film together. And uh, Wallace watched the two of them. And as you'll hear Olga talk about, um, the parts they were auditioning for, he originally envisioned as, envisioned as being for much older people. But when he saw their chemistry and saw them act together, he rewrote the roles and parts of the script so that he could cast them as the two leads in the film of Julia and Tobias. Um, it's, it's a great very serendipitous in how this whole film came to be. And it fits the tone and the story itself. As Angel by Thursday is the story of two families. They're struggling with scars of tragedy uh, over the, the span of the family lifetimes. But they're drawn together by mysterious events. And when they're drawn together, a common link is uncovered that exposes all these previous choices and forces that bring the past into the present. This is a story about forgiveness, healing, hope. And it makes you wonder, are things serendipitous in the circle of life? Or is it by grand design of the universe? I love talking with Olga. It is the first time we've ever spoken. I am sure we will speak many times uh, again in the future. You can hear her passion and her excitement. And not just talking about Angel by Thursday, but delving into the theater community uh, and acting in Hawaii, which is where she lives and where this film was shot, uh, as well as what she looks for in films, what excites her about storytelling and, and acting. It's a real eye-opening interview, and from the perspective of an actor who's been honing her craft with little bits and pieces and now breaks out as a lead in a carrying a film uh, with essentially with Ken and then two other the major uh, co-stars, Jennifer Kinsey and Russell Subiono. So without any further ado, take a listen to Olga Kalashnikova talking about Angel by Thursday. Hello, how are you? I am doing wonderful. I, I have to tell you, Olga, I didn't know what I was going to see going into this film. No clue. And this really is such a heartfelt story. And we get to that third act. By the time we get to the 53-minute mark of the film, it really takes off. And all the pieces yeah. start coming together. Leading up to that, we're seeing breadcrumbs and we're kind of wondering what's happening. Yeah. Who really are? What, what's, what's the connection here? But you hit that 53-minute mark and it just takes off from there. And everything that you hoped for that you would see happen does. All those Aww. connections that, you, that you've seen unfold through history, through time, all of a sudden they actually do come together. And it is so rare that we see a story like that. Wow. Well, I'll, I'll definitely um, pass this on to our screenwriter um, and director, Jeff Wallace. 
Um, he is the man <laughs> behind the, the whole plot with all its twists and turns and um, uh, the way he wrote it was, um, yeah, it was a puzzle that you kind of need to put together. And I'm glad to hear um, your feedback that you definitely um, felt the heart that it was, it is a touching um, heartfelt family drama and uh, you're actually not the first person to tell me that um, that exact feedback that halfway through the movie <laughs> they actually start seeing how the pieces of the puzzle are supposed to or are, are about to fall together um, so that's very interesting it's a very interesting perspective it's it's great to hear that thank you Debbie I'm really really impressed and I just love this story. And from beginning to end, well, the minute Toby appears on screen, your heart, mm -hmm. your heart melts. It does. Um, up, it does. Up until that point, we've met Julia, who's hard. She has kind of a sense of entitlement to her. I wouldn't have wanted that rental car myself either. Let me just say <laughs> that. Um yes. That is a little bit unacceptable. It's once Toby appears that the heart just melts and you really get a sense of something special is about to happen with this story. And yes. it, it's really beautiful the way that Jeff has that unfolding. I'm really curious because you're also a producer on this. Uh, I am, yes. How did you get involved with this project because this really is the biggest project that you've done to date in front of and uh, behind the screen. Sure. For sure, yes, Debbie. Um, that's a very astute observation. Um, I Well, the, the story is quite interesting. Uh, I was enrolled um, at an acting studio here in Honolulu, Scott Rogers Acting Studio, um, which is a pretty um, famous and reputable studio here. Uh, my co-star, uh, Ken Metepi, who, play, who played uh, Clint Tobias, uh, he was um, in the same class with me. And we learned about the audition, which was quite far from, um, um, uh, from Honolulu. It's, it was on the north shore of Oahu, which is like about an hour and a half drive. Um, and uh, we uh, decided to... Um, we actually learned that we were auditioning uh, for it together, and we were auditioning for much smaller parts uh, because um, initially the script was written for um, the characters were much older. They were in their, um, I think they were in their late 50s or mid 60s, mm -hmm. uh, much older than we were at the time. And um, so uh, we met at a coffee shop <laughs> on the North Shore uh, that day and just decided to get some coffee and just run over um, our lines and, you know, get, get, get the feel for our characters, get in the mood. Um, and we did. And so when we uh, came into audition, we came in together and we read together and, you know, um, and left. Uh, the next day, the casting director gave us a call and she said that um, Jeff and Claudia Wallace, you know, the, the, the main people behind the movie, um, they wanted us to bring us back uh, to read for the leads. 
Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like, whoa, <laughs> that, was, that, was, uh, that, was, that was great news. Um, and so we did. Um, they came to the studio, uh, to Scott Rogers' studio, uh, which is non um, it's in a different location now because of the rail, if you heard of that <laughs> Hawaii Rail Project. They kind of demolished a lot of, um, a lot of old underground um, theaters that were so valuable to our community here. So <laughs> you can hear me being bitter about it. As you <laughs> but, should be. As, as, yes, as I should be. I have the right to be because it was an amazing, amazing studio. Um, and so... That was, you know, that was the pretty much the the, the end of the story. Uh, we got cast as leads. We obviously had um, we established that you know trust and that chemistry, which was which was there. It was there. We actually didn't really um, didn't really need to work on it much because um, you know just like with any relationship. Uh, when you you know meet someone, either it's your significant other, or it's your dentist, or your hairstylist, you either have a connection with them or you don't. Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it was just um, it was kind of um, dis- di- I don't know if I should use that word, but um, visceral or like divine in a way that mm-hmm. that connection was there from the very beginning, and. Um, I came, and, and, and so, yes, that's how um, I got the, the role of Julia and how Ken got the role of Clint. Um, and then later we um, met Russell and Jennifer, uh, Jennifer who played my mom um, in the movie and Russell who played uh, Toby, mm-hmm. um, who was, um, they, they were all, they, they were all amazing actors and you know amazing humans well i have to say you and clint you and and ken on screen as julia and clint immediately there is great chemistry there you see it thank you thank you you. it's a little fiery at first of course i would expect that when someone gets pulled over and given a speeding ticket so you you get that fire (laughs) you get that edge but the way the two of you play off against each other in that scene sets a really good tone for the characters. And, but the two of you just, you do. The chemistry is undeniable. You leap off the screen. So I'm so happy to hear that what was originally written for much older people, mm-hmm. based on your auditions, you know, Jeff pulled back and de-aged the characters because in all he honest- actually did yeah he actually had to rewrite um some of the script too because of you know some of the references and some of mm-hmm. the music and some of the um he actually yeah had to kind of go back and uh, rewrite some of the scenes well and i don't think an older couple older pairing would have worked as well well, thank you. I'll make sure to let him know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it would have worked as well because then you get into the area of disbelief as to Sarah, and true, true. the whole yeah. I and the whole idea of Clint taking care of Toby. You and there's too much distance that just I don't think would have gelled as well or been as believable. So I I'm just so glad the two of you you know, convinced him to 
re-age these characters. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Well, he said that himself, too. He said that um, when he heard us read, he immediately um, had to rethink um, the, the age of the characters and who the characters were, uh, which, um, you know, which is... Um, was great for us <laughs> and uh, um, as, as a producer I came uh, actually I came um, I came on board uh, much later I came on board in post-production um, as, as a producer uh, but that was a, that's a, a that's a totally different story um, but uh, but yes uh, it was um, it you know Debbie it all these people uh, who um, were part of the cast and part of the crew um they all have become family which is um which is a great thing about hawaii <laughs> mm -hmm. well and for you an experience like this where you are one of the main leads carrying this film what kind of onus what kind of burden did that put on you or responsibility because the other roles that you've had you come in, you're there, it's one episode, it's a short, or, you know, you're the Russian call girl in the background at Mike and Mike and Dave's. Did you feel an added responsibility here as an actor, since you weren't on board as a producer while you were shooting? Did that impact your approach to the project, to the role? I mean, most definitely. Uh, every... Every role, I feel, um, I mean, at least that's how I was taught, that there is no small role for an actor. <laughs> <laughs> and so every role uh, we approach, and even um, <clears throat> you, the one you mentioned in Mike and Dave, um, it was filmed, uh, the role was an improv, and it was filmed for um, half an hour straight. Um, they, it's just a lot of it ends up on the... Uh, cutting floor on the editing floor um, because obviously they want to put more um, they want to give more screen time to um, Hollywood stars so whatever you end up with you end up with you know what I mean <laughs> in this type of films but you do approach it with a lot of responsibility it doesn't matter if it's a smaller or a bigger role but this role definitely at first I was like you know I don't think I can use those words on air <laughs> like 
the day after my um, my mother, um, Sarah, in the movie, the day after she dies. Mm-hmm. So um, I said, that's that's even more responsibility. Um, I definitely want to make sure that I have um, nailed down that character arc so that when all the scenes come together, you can see it in the movie. You can see Julia's transformation. Uh, you know, she starts... Um, somewhat cold and closed off and bitter and I want to see those little bits of her opening up in the movie mm-hmm. so I said for me it's important to show that as an to, to have that as an actor so the audience sees that as well um, sees that transformation that Julia goes through when she goes to Hawaii and so um, we, we sat down with him at Kapilani Park <laughs> and our first session with him was, I think it was about four hours and he was like rushing into it uh, that he even got a speeding ticket that he still like remembers. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I was committed to helping you work in that role. You remember? I got a speeding ticket. <laughs> so, um, so yes, so that that was amazing, and also um, our casting director um, Barbara Logan, she's also a um, professional actor and coach, and so we got some uh, definitely um, some good advice from her as well. Um, <clears throat> Jeff trusted us a lot. He trusted both Ken and I, um, and I think uh, maybe halfway through the movie, we established. Um, even more trust with Ken, so we could, um, we could definitely because you know, as an actor, you are never supposed to give feedback to another actor. You leave it up to their coach or up to their up to the director. Um, however, when you have been working so closely with someone and you do have that trust, then you can definitely. Um, you know, you're much more open to receiving, you know, some feedback and trying different things out and seeing, you know, what works best. And Ken and I, we got together all the time to rehearse the scenes and to, because I mostly, most of my screen time is with him. Mm-hmm. And um, we just, you know, made sure to to try different things and to kind of have it down to a point where when we got on set, we could just let it go and fly and just let things happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, did you have the luxury of any kind of extended rehearsal time? Because as we all know, with low-budget, no-budget, micro-budget films, there's not money generally for extended rehearsal time. Sometimes it's just run and gun. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, the story of this film is actually quite quite interesting and quite unique. Um, the fact that um, it took a year to film, it took a year to film um, because um, a lot of people had, you know, regular daytime jobs. Um, and Jeff, uh, who the, the writer-director, he's actually a firefighter by day and you know, um, a screenwriter <laughs> and, a, and a producer and a filmmaker um, as well. So um, we had to film on the weekends. And that spanned for about a year, to be honest, because of everyone's schedules, because um, um, because of production costs. And so in that sense, it was good and bad because, you know, when you are 
doing everything sort of like you go, 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 go. Uh, you are so laser focused that, you know, you have that character, you live that character, you know, by day, by night, you, you, you know, you, you, you embody that character and uh, you kind of push through it and then that's it, you know, the, the filming is over. Um, with, with this uh, production, we had to, you know, okay, so there's a week or sometimes there's two weeks before our scene is filmed. So you kind of tend to kind of like get out of it a bit because you're like, okay, you're trying to match, you know, the mood. Um, you're trying to um, go back to that, you know, physical and emotional state that you were in uh, at the time you left off, you know, filming. Um so it was a little challenging in that sense. However, it did give us more time. We didn't just, you know, okay, so for two weeks, if we're not filming, we didn't just, you know, sit and do nothing. We would get together with, you know, with, my, with our scene partners um, as much as we could to rehearse and to try different things and to improv to actually so we lived those characters for a year wow <laughs> and uh that was a huge commitment but at the same time it was so exciting for all of us that um i'm i'm super glad we did it <laughs> wow a year that's yes and, and this production took even it took much longer uh, for different reasons. Um, as you know, as you know, in the films, uh, very often they don't, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> at the time when you start filming. Um, and then, you know, you see all these filmmakers coming up with a bunch of articles. Uh, the things I wish I knew when I started shooting my future <laughs> films. <laughs> Well, I have I have to give you credit, Olga, because if you're typically if you're filming over that kind of length of time, going in and out, um, you can often run into continuity issues. And yes. to watch this, I saw no kind of continuity problems that would have indicated that shooting was spread spread out over the course of a year. It was all very Thank consistent you. from hair, length of everybody's hair, clothes. Yeah, even even the the topography, the greenery, the natural beauty of Hawaii. It all everything just it felt and looked like it was shot in within 21 days. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for that. We had to be um super careful we had to put so much effort into continuity and and you're so right about that and um so few people actually notice this and so so few people actually comment on that so thank you yeah (laughs) it's um it, it was a lot of work i had to actually do like some videos um and i had to write things down like okay i'm putting this brown eyeshadow
for you know for the next scene so yeah <laughs> oh my gosh you know what is it when you when you read this script what is it that really spoke to you about this story what touched you that made you say i really want to do this film oh you know I want to say everything. <laughs> it was, um, it was, it, it, it has definitely um, hit me. You know, <laughs> it has, it has, it has impacted me to an extent, which it, it just left me speechless in some ways. It left me crying it left me feeling all the feels that I probably haven't felt in a in a while or some of the emotions that I was um, trying to bury on the inside and um, didn't want anyone to know about them mm -hmm. you know, they all surfaced they all came to the service it was sort of like like a healing experience you know it was so it was sort of like I had a therapy session <laughs> that and after which I, I I felt like so relieved and so free and so healed um it was like a ro emotional roller coaster ride to be honest um I uh, when I was 20 I I lost my father my biological father um and um, a lot of that came up as well because anyone who's ever, you know, lost a parent reading this type of story, I'm, I'm sure they would be able to relate. Mm -hmm. But what I really liked was that despite the fact, or maybe because, you know, the, the movie is heartfelt because it has a lot of those heavy moments mm -hmm. and it does touch upon a lot of heavy topics but at the end it gives you healing and hope and to me this is what art is supposed to do mm -hmm. and as artists I always want to take on roles or my dream roles would be the roles where I can give hope and healing to people and so I definitely you know after I read it I was like I can't believe I'm gonna be doing this this is, <laughs> this is great <laughs> you, know? you know this this begs as heavy as it is as hard as it is as you know and as much as like I, I, I knew I would have so much responsibility but at the same time I was elevated well, you know, having said that and describing the kind of projects that you want to do that have those emotions and leave you with that kind of cathartic peace, so to speak, how difficult is it finding those scripts? Because those are not the kind of films that we see that often many writers that I know, they're not writing that kind of, of film because for the most part, it's not considered that commercially viable. 
So I'm curious how difficult it is for you to find these kind of scripts. Well, that's a great question. It is difficult. <laughs> it's, um, but at the same time, you know, I try to be very open-minded um, in many ways because uh, everybody's style is different. You know, every story is different. There is room for all kinds of stories. <laughs> there is room for funny. There is room for action. There is room for um, for drama. Um, I think what I when when I do get requests um, to read a script, and I'm starting to get more and more of these uh, lately, I never say no I always read it doesn't matter you know if um, the person like has an agent or doesn't have an agent or they're just you know an indie producer just starting out I always read um, whatever I wherever I get um, and I let you know make my own decision I'm trying to go with my gut so to say I um, have to say that um, it's um, it's interesting, and and the way you put it, it's like, okay, so when you're reading a script, you can tell pretty much um, most of the time that okay, so this is a commercial script, and when I when when you read, for example, Angel by Thursday script, you're going to be like, okay, so this is a very indie drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And this is a very indie drama, and um, of course, unless you have like an A-list star in it, then probably it will be more difficult to market it or to find, you know, your um, your audience because there's just so much content out there, and we're kind of um, we kind of have been taught to think that oh, it's difficult to sell like indie dramas, but at the same time. If I liked it, if it resonates with me, like you know, Angel by Thursday did, I, um, I asked Jeff. I said, um, "What is it that you want to do with this movie? Uh, what is your end goal?" And he said that for him, the most important thing was to get the story out. He wanted to get it made. Um, that was his first feature, and. Um, it was important for him that you know this story sees the world, and he didn't really care um, how much you know money it's going to make. And um, part of it is like he put, we all put so much heart and effort into it that we're really happy that you know despite the fact that we don't have A-list stars in it. Um, we have a such you know we have such a solid cast, such a solid team, and people are loving it. And we're finally starting to generate money with this movie. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> which is great, you know. Which is yes, not all films get lucky like that, especially indie films. But um, that that you know, so sometimes you just have to take a risk, you know, take a risk. Now, for example, when I ask uh, Jeff what, I'm just, just, you know, giving Jeff as an example, um, what is, what is the next film that, you know, you think we should try to, to work on because I definitely want to collaborate with him again. And, uh, he wrote a script and, um, 
we're going to try to see if we can pitch it to Lifetime or Hallmark because that's that type of script that, you know, these um, distributors would, um, these networks would would make. Mm -hmm. So, of course, now he says, I have to be able to make money so I can make another film. Right. Absolutely. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you still have to, even if you are producing a project that is, you know, your baby, you want to get the story out, you want, you know, you, you love it, and, and it's important for you to do this project, you probably have to have another project that you know or can at least predict uh, with a better formula that it will generate you some income so that you can stay afloat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it'd be nice if you could just make everything you wanted to make and didn't have to worry about the commercial viability and making money. So, yes. But that's not quite how it works. You got to make the money at some point if you want to if yes. you want to be able to continue making films yes. and telling these stories. So now, for you, do you have anything else coming up right now besides working with Jeff trying to you know, while he puts together another film and financing and all? Well, that that is one of the biggest things that we're actually working on right now um, is uh, another feature script. Um, and also I have um, independently, I have a sci-fi series. <laughs> oh, tell me more. Have, you know, I... Don't know if I can. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. Maybe a little bit later. Maybe just a little bit later. Um, it's uh, going to be filmed in Hawaii. Um, but it, that's a that's a TV series. Um, I'm trying to see what uh, what I can do with it, and you know who I can pitch it to, and um, and yes, so where it can get um, green light. So I don't know if I can talk about no, it. No, don't say anything yet, then. And also have another short. Um, I have another short uh, which um, has to do with um, pregnancy issues. So that is um, it's a it's a drama, and that's something that is in the making um, as well. I'm planning to shoot in June. Oh my gosh! So you're keeping busy. So, but but it's great, I, and I have been auditioning too. Um, we just we have uh, several TV shows for filming here uh, on Oahu, and we have a feature film that just came in. I just um, did a self tape yesterday uh, for like three big scenes. So um, it's definitely a lot of work. You know, I'm trying to take my supplements. <laughs> <laughs> lovely Olga talking to you and I hope we get to do it again in the future but before I let you go I've got to ask you how exciting is this how exciting is this for you to now have this film to have Angel by Thursday out there for everybody to see now on Amazon Prime on Tubi on all the other on a lot of the other usual digital suspects that has to be exciting Debbie, yes, <laughs> it's a dream come true. We are, um, it's, it's 
definitely very, very exciting for myself, for Jeff and Claudia, for everyone um, in the cast and crew. We've been waiting for this moment for such a long time. We put, you know, so much effort into it, so much heart, and um, we definitely had lots of fun. <laughs> but, you know, I... Uh, I, now seeing this on Amazon and YouTube and Google Play and Tubi, um, it just it solidifies. It, it just it just tells you that whatever you put out there, whatever dream you have, whatever um, the obstacles are in achieving it, you can do it. It can be done. It takes trials and errors and you have to put a lot of time and patience into it but once you start hearing the feedback from your loved ones or people who have never seen you or never met you but who really enjoy your film or have, they have been impacted by it um, in a special way um, it you know it touches my heart and it makes me it makes me think that nothing was in vain everything is you know everything has its purpose everything has its right timing and uh i'm just happy i, I want to do more <laughs> i'm pumped i'm pumped to to do more i'm excited to do more and now i mean having said that i definitely understand that um not everyone may like what you do but at the same time, as an artist, I, I can't worry about it because then I will never get anything done. That's and <laughs> so see, I, that's that's um, one of the key lessons, Olga. Uh, you know, that's why you will hear a lot of veteran filmmakers or actors that say, "I don't read reviews. I don't hear listen to okay. reviews," and this is exactly why. Okay. Yeah, so, that's a great point. So, see, you just, you know, keep making what makes you happy. Keep making what speaks to you. It, it comes out on screen. I just witnessed it with Angel by Thursday. You loved Thank making you so this. Much. You loved making this film. And it shows. I loved it. And, I and you know, <laughs> and I can hear it in your voice now. You tell the stories that you want to tell. That's the biggest encouragement. And um, I'm, I will definitely, uh, you know, keep that, you know, in mind and in my heart going forward and moving forward. <laughs> well, all I know is I want to see more from you, and I can't wait for the next one. Thank you. I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we definitely have to do this again. I would love to. The pleasure will be mine. I will definitely keep in touch and I will let you know about future projects. And um, in the meantime, uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, and thanks so much for um, spreading the word about Angel by Thursday. And that is all the time we have today. And of course, we ran over by a few minutes, even if it's a pre recorded show. I still run over by a few minutes. Uh, especially when I pre-recorded interviews, and I don't want you to miss out on anything that the talent has to say, especially in the cases of Olga and Ben. They have two very different perspectives about two very different films. Uh, and 
for actors out there, there's a lot that you can that you can glean from conversations with them. So, Run and Gun and Angel by Thursday are both available now. See them, see them, see them. And I will see all of you next week. I will be back here in the studio live as March roars in like a lion. Yeah, it's March next week. Wow. Uh, and I've got three live guests joining us to talk about the documentaries Sextortion and John Bonet's Tricycle. So this should be an interesting show next week. And in the meantime, hey, tonight, you know, go on YouTube, go to the Hollywood Critics Association YouTube channel, watch our fifth annual film awards and see who's taken home some little statues to uh, throw on some shelves or prop open doors in bathrooms as some Oscar winners have done in the past. So until then, I'm Debbie Elias. This is Behind the Lens. <laughs>